Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and our editor-in-chief, and that would be Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. I'm fine, thanks. Uh, Good afternoon. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Um, I would like it if uh, it feels like it's colder this past week in April here in Pennsylvania than it was all winter. I'm not really quite sure what the deal is with that, but I'd be okay if we moved in back into spring. Well, that's already vote. keeps people off the beaches, right? So well, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. This is the one time when I'm glad I don't live in a state that has beaches on the ocean. Although I do have a state capital where 2,000 people decided to gather closely together yesterday to say, we don't like staying home. Which, I mean, as an American, I'm fully... uh, Supportive of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the freedom of assembly. Um, I just wish people would be smarter about it um, for their own safety and for others' safety. But that's a conversation for uh, another show. <laughs> Doing good here in, in PA. How's uh, Do you have snow up, up there? I keep seeing pictures of snow. I don't know if it's Montreal, but... People keep getting, like, in, in the northern parts of uh, the United States, like, I've seen, like, Wisconsin and even up in, like, New England, like, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. They're getting snow. It's the end of April. Enough with the snow. I'm done. I keep getting um, uh, texts from Winnipeg uh, with uh, pictures of of seedlings that are starting in the basement, you know, but people ready to get their gardens in gear and with the, the, the complaint that now if only the damn snow would stop, then. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of a given in Winnipeg. Maybe in late June, perhaps. <laughs> two seasons in Winnipeg. Yeah, just two seasons. Winter, and it, I mean, it gets warm in, in Winnipeg. It really does. But, uh, yeah, winter goes right into summer. And mosquito season. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, do need to pay an ode to an icon today. It is the four-year anniversary of Prince's death. Um I've been seeing all sorts of, so I, I perhaps I should have started the show with like Purple Rain today or Little Red Corvette or something, but can't believe it's been four years. Uh, I know I, for one, will be tuning in to CBS is doing like a, a Prince tribute concert tonight with all sorts of different musical artists and whatnot, I guess, singing Prince songs and so forth. I'm hoping they don't butcher it. They probably will, but. Probably. <laughs> I'm probably going to cringe a lot, but, but yes, that was tied to the Grammys somehow, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, I think they did it. 
they did it at like a, in accordance with the Grammys or something like that. But they were, but their CBS wasn't releasing the action. Like they, they, the concert happened months ago in accordance with the Grammys, but they didn't, re, they're not releasing the concert uh, to view for the public until tonight on the anniversary of his death. So nice. Should be maybe a little fun. I also want to just take a quick moment uh, on behalf of everyone here at Rocket Sports Media to send our condolences and our thoughts and prayers uh, to all the people in Nova Scotia who are uh, currently still uh, dealing with the fallout from from this uh, shooting rampage uh, that happened this week. It looks like the RCMP just increased the death toll to 23 from 19. uh, it's it's a, a tragic tragic incident that's happened, uh, and it looks like um, you know it's still the aftermath of that is still unfolding. So it's it's very fresh and very raw, and we just send all of our thoughts and prayers out to those in Nova Scotia. Um, even if you didn't know one of the victims, everyone in a community can feel the the reverberations of an event as big as that. So we uh, we keep you in our thoughts. Um, we actually have some pretty very well-rounded show today. We've got some NHL news. We've got some AHL news. We've got some KHL news, um, which we're going to talk about today. We've got top five. We promised it would be back again. And it certainly is. We've got some good positive things to share with you. Some fun news as well. So lots of I mean, we're we're kind of we're going all over uh, the hockey kingdom this week, Rick. I think it's going to be a fun show. Absolutely, let's get started. Get it started. Well, in our first segment, uh, I have to say the Philadelphia Flyers, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, have been pretty quiet this past week, so we don't have uh, a lot of updating there. I will say we talked last week about the the Lehigh Valley Phantoms starting their. Um, goal scoring social media challenge. And uh, if you just go to the Phantoms Twitter account, uh, twitter.com slash LV Phantoms, my goodness, scroll through their timeline. And there are just dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of, of home videos of, of people who are taking part. They've retweeted. Um, some of the kids are very cute. Um, it's, it's, it's even local Lehigh Valley um, celebrities like uh, newscasters here in the Lehigh Valley are participating um, and uh, all sorts of things. So there, it looks like they're going very strong with that fundraising challenge benefiting Lehigh Valley Health Network. So um, kudos to them for keeping that going. But other than that, really, the, uh, out of the, the Philadelphia organization has been very quiet this week. Sometimes I guess no news is good news because. Um, you know, until, oh, I don't know, a couple of hours ago, the, the Montreal organization had also been pretty quiet for the past week. And then, and then, just when you thought, Rick, you know the one thing that the Habs don't need next year, for sure, would be a goaltender. And, uh, but apparently Mark Bridgman would not agree with that assessment because he signed a goaltender today, a one-year entry-level contract for a 26-year-old 
goaltender, free agent named Vasily Demchenko. He's played the last few years in the KHL for Chelyabinsk, Chelyabinsk and uh, more recently Magnitogorsk. Um, what do you think about this? I mean, I need. Do I not? I think I now need more than one hand to count all of the goaltenders that the Habs are currently rocking in the AHL and the NHL and the ECHL and beyond. Well, because we're talking about goaltenders, I'll just nod in the direction of the Philadelphia Flyers organization, and that is that uh, in the last 24 hours. Um, Ron Hextall was interviewed by uh, NBC Sports, um, and uh, he had some interesting things to say. And still, obviously, um, is uh, has got some mixed feelings, and 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 was hurt by the decision um, uh, made. And uh, it's an interesting read. I mean, um, it sounds like he was he was blindsided by the decision. Um, and said, you know, he thought everybody was on the same page, and uh, and and clearly it wasn't. And and <laughs> you know, he talks about the the uh, signings he's proud of, the the and certainly the drafting and the drafting record has been quite good. So, with respect to the to um, the Flyers and goaltenders and Ron Hextel, there's there's a little bit of informa- a little bit of interesting information there. But with respect to the Canadians, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if the Canadians went out and signed a uh, veteran um, NHL experienced backup, uh, because certainly uh, Keith Kincaid uh, wasn't that, uh, didn't provide no. that. We we said the moment he was signed, he wasn't uh, capable. And um, even though he bragged and boasted about being able to start 25 or 30 games uh, to spell Carey Price, um, that didn't happen. Uh, six games he started for the Canadians and then couldn't even keep his job uh, with the Laval Rockets. So um, Mark Bergevin has had some problems. I mean, Antiniemi was a disaster. Keith Kincaid was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it looks like uh, the adage is more is better. And, and, um, you know, there's Carey Price, and nobody's touching Carey Price or unseating him. And and um, and again, as we saw in in the players' polls, uh, Carey Price is considered uh, the best in the league. Uh, but backing him up has always been the issue. Uh, Charlie Lindgren did a very credible job in a difficult situation when he, he was called up this season, mm-hmm. a, a little bit too late. Uh, had he been there at the at the beginning of the year, he might have uh, been able to make a difference. Michael McNiven, um, he was uh, uh, tossed all over the ECHL uh, for any team who would uh, take him temporarily um, and then came up and played with uh, Laval at the end of the season. Um, Caden Primo, um, it's, it's, um, I don't, I don't think anybody should be of the illusion that, that he's going to be, a backup anytime soon. He needs at least another, if not two um, more seasons in the AHL. Um, this past year, you also had Connor Lacouve, who was uh, given <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, unexplicably, he was given 
a uh, one-year contract by the Laval Rocket. Uh, didn't play a game for them, but uh, was there. And on the payroll was uh, another goaltender by the name of Steve Mason, um, oh, who right. the Canadians acquired in the um, uh, Yol Armia deal uh, from mm-hmm. Winnipeg. And yes, uh, the Canadians were still paying his salary the buyout uh, as of last year. So plenty of, of uh, uh, goaltending taking up the cap space. And, and uh, now um, why not add to that log jam with uh, Vasily Demchenko and, and um, the interesting character in this is Dan Milstein, his agent, of course, Dan Milstein, also the agent of, uh, Alexander Romanoff and negotiations mm-hmm. are ongoing to bring him to North America. There was also the Canadians had shown uh, some interest in um, um, Okulov, uh, Konstantin Okulov. Uh, he decided to stay in the KHL, but uh, both Canadians and the Toronto Maple Police were pursuing him. So, um, you know, uh, bringing Demchenko over and uh, it's a, uh, it's a two-way, one-year contract, um, the, and and he says he's open to going to the AHL, but uh, he has been holding out uh, for some time now for an NHL deal. He's apparently had offers over the last couple of seasons. He's uh, 26 years old. He's well known to NHL teams. This isn't uncovering a diamond in the rough sort of thing. Although I have to, I mean, I I hold. Um, Vincent Riondo in great esteem, and and mm-hmm. um, I I expect that he was that uh, Demchenko was scouted uh, thoroughly by by Riondo, and and um, so um, the Canadians are are taking a chance uh, on a goaltender who we have to say did not have a very good season last year uh, with those two teams in in. Um, the AHL or in the uh, KHL um, his save percentage was 40th uh, in the KHL goals against was 42nd. He won just nine of 36 games that he played in. Hmm. That's unfortunate as the most recent year of stats, his, his KHL stats prior to that were, were a little bit better, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, as you say um, this past season, which is the most recent metric, uh, nine wins out of 36 games played. Eh, okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's not a glowing endorsement, but we'll see, we'll see what he can do. As you say, Rick, you know, I mean, there is a complete log jam at goaltender uh, in the Canadians organization. There has been for two years now, they keep, they keep adding people and plugging people in and, you know, for whatever reason, they 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 won't just allow Charlie Lindgren to to get his confidence as as Carey Price's backup. If they had just given him that position two seasons ago, I think that Charlie Lindgren and Carey Price would be a very solid tandem working together. Um, where where Carey would get to take those those 20, 25 games off every season. Uh, and Charlie will be, would be well primed to fill in there. They haven't done that. As you say, Miami plugged in there, Kincaid plugged in there. Now, obviously Vasily Demchenko is the next guy they're plugging in there doing it is at the cheapest price that they can. 
Um, and so is this going to be another repeat where, you know, again, you've got Lindgren now, you know, up in the air. Uh, pre, as you say, Primo still needs a couple of seasons in the AHL, but McNiven has to be looking at this like, uh, okay, well, here we go again. And you've got Eric Engels today saying that he, he still thinks that the Canadians are going to go out and also try to sign a veteran NHL goaltender as Carey Price's backup. I mean, could we address a different, I know, I know. But so then what are you going to do? What if they, let's, let's just speculate there for us. What, what happens if they do that? What if they go sign a veteran goaltender to back up Carey Price? Now you've got Demchenko, Lindgren, McNiven, Primo, all battling it out for two spots in the AHL. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Michael McNiven, <laughs> Michael McNiven, um, as of what would have been July first, it'll be a different day. But but uh, Michael McNiven would have been a, a uh, an RFA, and um, unless the Canadians are ready to uh, stock an ECHL team. Um, next year, you you have to figure that McNiven would not get a qualifying offer. Charlie Lindgren, his his contract status, he has one more year um, uh, before he's uh, an unrestricted free agent. Um, so unless he's moved by a trade, you know he's he's going to be with uh, with the organization. Um, and now you have to try and and find playing time for one ping only Vasily. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I know, I know it's cheap. It's favorite line from hunt for red one October. Ping. So would this be one goal only? Yeah. One, if a, yeah. One goal, we hope. one goal only Vasily. <laughs> only you get to and, start today. And, one goal only. And, um, you know, you see online already it's starting, uh, pay no attention to last season. If you go back, his three previous seasons, his his save percentage was up around nine thirty. So you have people. Isn't that saying, what they said nope. about Kincaid? Exactly, exactly. Pay no attention to last year. He's a good career goaltender. Is what was said about Kincaid. Um, so I'm I'm not saying I I, I think that uh, Demchenko was would. Um, well, we'll see what happens. But I would I. I have a little more faith in him than uh, than I did in Kincaid when uh, that signing was announced. Yes, I do. I I agree with you there. Um, you know, I I think it may end up really looking like he and Lindgren battling it out in whatever camp ends up looking like this this next season um, for that backup spot. Um, we all know Charlie Lindgren likes competition, so I think he'll. Uh, He'll feed well into that. Um, keep in mind, Demchenko will be playing North American for the first time. Although, as you said, he's he's done some training camps here, so he's he's a little familiar with the ice. But but there is that you know, make no mistake that there is a transitional period even for goaltenders uh, coming over from from the larger ice surface. Uh, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. It'd be really spectacular if Mark Bergevin could could actually come up with some signings in some areas that really 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 need addressing <coughs> defense <coughs> sorry stuck in my throat there 
Um, but I apparently we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. Um, maybe if we, maybe if we all start saying over and over and over again, that the last thing that the Canadians need is a left-handed defenseman, a t- like a, like a, like a top pairing left-handed. Maybe if we, if we stop, start saying that we, that they don't need that, maybe that's because that's, tends to be what Bergevin does. He makes signings for things that they don't need. So a little reverse psychology, maybe. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL, and we have some news about uh, a contract extension for a Tampa Bay Lightning uh, player who uh, you'll be familiar with playing with the Syracuse Crunch and some other news about him. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. That's the best place to go on social media to find all of the news and content that we're putting out there, uh, as well as news from around the league, whether it's the AHL, the KHL, the NCAA. Uh, We've got lots of news that happens there. Uh, So be sure you're following us at the AHL Report. Now, Rick, the next uh, name that we're going to talk about, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have re-signed one of uh, their forwards who typically plays for the AHL's Syracuse Crunch, but will be a familiar name uh, for our Quebecois listeners, and that would be Daniel Walcott. He's uh, been re-signed to a one-year, another one-year two-way contract. Uh, he is a native of Ile Pro, uh, Quebec, and you know, he, Walcott, very familiar for Laval Rocket fans and Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans for that matter, but particularly Laval Rocket, well familiar with Daniel Walcott, not an easy guy to play against. Uh, and this past year, he actually had a, a remarkable season for himself with Syracuse. He had career highs in goals with seven goals, he had career high 12 assists, career high nine, uh, 19 points. Um, he was also named as Syracuse's IOA American Specialty AHL Man of the Year uh, for the third time with the Crunch for his charitable work in the community. And um, Rick, I think that was a, a a signing that was kind of a no-brainer for for Tampa Bay to bring him back again. For sure. Um, and we talked about um, some of the nominees for uh, the Specialty Man of the Year, the the AHL. Um, uh, each each team nominates uh, 
a player. Um, uh, Jake Evans was the Lavelle Rocket player. Um, and um, for their work with charities. And, and um, Walcott was, uh, as you said, a, a, a native of Quebec, right? Il Perot's right there near the, the Ontario-Quebec border. And um, I, I see that, that when the signing was made public, Corey Conacher, who we know from his battles with, with Laval tweeted, uh, the mayor is back. So obviously, um, <laughs> well-respected, well-regarded uh, uh, player on and off the ice uh, for the Syracuse Crunch. Absolutely. Um, the unfortunate twist to the story, uh, as we say, you know, it's it's uh, kind of a no-brainer for Tampa Bay to re-sign him. Uh, he, he's found a good home there in Syracuse, and I think the Lightning really like what he brings to the organization but we live in a in a time of the coronavirus affecting every single one of us in different ways and good news is followed by bad news followed by good news some media i mean it's just it's constantly changing and for daniel walcott he gets re-signed by the tampa bay lightning and then um just this week uh, in fact it may have been over the weekend um syracuse crunch fans are very familiar with uh, Daniel Walcott's grandfather. He's 92 years old, a carpenter from Barbados who um, Daniel claims he gets his sense of humor from. Um, Laval Rocket fans probably would have seen him at, uh, at Place Bell for every Laval Syracuse game. In fact, there's a, a, a photograph circulating of uh, Cosmo, the, the Rockets mascot, posing with Daniel Walcott's um, grandfather, Dennis. Uh, and unfortunately, at 92, uh, on April 13th, so about a week ago, same the same week that uh, he gets re-signed, his grandfather passed away from COVID-19. Um, he lived in a nursing home in Montreal. And according to uh, an article in The Athletic uh, this week, there were 17 coronavirus uh, COVID-19 cases on uh, his grandfather's floor at his Montreal nursing home. Um, and Daniel Walcott basically says when the virus hit him, it was, it was a matter of days and it was over. Um, really Rick, just awful news. It's, um, you know, particularly these folks in nursing homes where, you know, there's, there's not, once once the virus gets in, it's very hard to keep it contained. Um, and and what a what a roller coaster of a week for Daniel Walcott um, to go from getting a new contract to losing a, a very beloved member of his family. Um, yeah, great news, and then snapped back into reality of the times that we're living in with this uh, pandemic. Um, you talk about seniors' homes, uh, long care nursing homes, and and. Um, the, the federal government's inaction is uh, won't get political here, but it's just been appalling uh, because as you say, once it gets, uh, once the virus gets in, uh, it will just uh, rampage through and uh, with, with little defense. And, and it's really sad, sad news. Um, I love that picture of, of his uh, grandfather, Danny with, with uh, Cosmo in the yeah, stands at Class Bell. It's <laughs> tremendous. He's a, um, it's a sweet photo. Yeah. Um, 
and there's uh there's also a picture of of Daniel with his brother and his dad and uh and his grandfather in the in the nursing home uh which is great too so um with his grandfather sporting a very very fun pair of reindeer antlers must have been a Christmas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, so um, both are, are, you know, are, are, are good thoughts for his contract and, and our condolences uh, for the, his loss uh, on, uh, uh, for Daniel and, and the entire Walcott family. Absolutely. I share those sentiments, you know, and this is what we, this is what we and, and plenty of other people in North America and around the world are saying everyone is affected by this disease. It's, it's, the term global pandemic should not be taken lightly. Um, And I don't want to hear, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't want to hear a single person talk about how, um, you know, how it affects older citizens and senior citizens and the elderly. Um, And, and I've, I've heard the very callous remarks of, you know, well, they're older, they're probably, you know, close to passing it. I, I, the next time I hear something like that, I'm probably going to flip out on somebody because um, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're one or 91 or in, in Dennis's case, 92. Um, it's always too soon to lose them. Um, and so, you know, staying home, following guidelines, following social distancing, not being irresponsible, not being reckless, being overly cautious. They're not just there to you, but they're also there to protect your family um, and your friends and your friends' families. And, you know, it, this, this whole epidemic is going to touch everyone in a different way. And unfortunately that's going to mean that some people are going to lose family members and loved ones who are close to them. Um, and so just will repeat my plea, uh, be overly cautious. Don't take this lightly. Um, the beach can wait. The golf course can wait. Um, just be smart about it and let's, let's lose as few people as we possibly can. And I will get off my soapbox. <laughs> um, on that note, we will take another quick break. When we come back, we've got uh, we've, our, our third segment is actually chock full this week. We've got uh, a, a, quite a bit of news out of the KHL, um, talking a little bit about an interview that Bob Hartley did, um, some new things that are happening with the KHL. There, Rick's got some some familiar faces, player signings, kind of a mini where, where, where will they be? Not where are they now? Um, We've also got a very fun top five. I have a feeling Rick and I are going to have some fun with this one. And uh, we've got some, some uplifting stories for you as well. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take one quick break, come right back. And we've got lots more coming for you right here on from the press box. So don't go anywhere. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. 
The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And once again, I'll remind you to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, Rick, we've got some plenty of uh, KHL and European hockey news uh, to talk about today. Um, I know I'm actually going to let you start with a couple of player signings for some familiar names uh, that, that you have come across this week. The first is um, one, one of our favorite players to talk to, and that, that um, is Marcus Eisensmead. And, and uh, you remember Marcus, uh, two years at, with uh, St. John's Ice Caps, and then the first season um, that the Rocket were in Laval, um, 57 games for the Laval Rocket. And, and Marcus was just delightful. He was, he was polite. He was always in a good mood, great smile. Um, and um, was just a pleasure to be around. The last two seasons, he's been um, in the German top-tier league uh, and playing for Adler-Mannheim. And um, Adler-Mannheim is actually the reigning champion um, uh, in the German elite league. And and, Mm -hmm. uh, so Marcus had a championship with them. Now, we don't have a signing to announce yet, uh, but recently, um, Marcus was interviewed, and the quote from that interview that kind of stuck out to me was, uh, Mannheim has become home for me, is a quote. So oh, wow. I think he's saying that uh, that's, that's a pretty good indication uh, that he's expected to um, resign after already playing two seasons with Adler Mannheim, expect uh, to hear us uh, news of signing. Uh, there in the near future, I expect. That's fantastic. Uh, we we certainly hope for the best for him there. The other is is a signing, um, and that's uh, David Sklenichka. And and we remember yeah. uh, David uh, Sklenichka um, playing uh, one and a bit season with the Laval Rocket. Um, the 1819 season, which was uh, Joe Bouchard's first season as head coach, he pinpointed David Sklenichka as, uh, in his mind, the most improved player, um, defenseman with size who could uh, move the puck and and uh, um, and uh, uh, very very effectively. Now, for some reason, uh, the following season. Um, uh, David Sklenichka spent, uh, that was uh, last year, spent most of it in the press box. 
only getting into seven games until December. And then um, they came to uh, Konichka and, and the team came to a mutual agreement to terminate his contract. And he went, uh, he's from the Czech Republic, but he was, uh, um, got interest in, uh, from the KHL Jokerit. And um, so playing with them, he arrived in December immediately. He, he took on a, a significant role. He was playing more than 18 minutes a game. Uh, so he has signed uh, a two-year contract extension uh, to continue with them in the KHL. I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, we, we, we were not shy about offering our opinions on this on this program multiple times uh, that David Squinich was getting a kind of a raw deal in Laval uh, and was constantly on the short end of the stick watching from the press box. You could tell that it was frustrating um, and just happy to see that he has is getting that second chance, change of scenery in a place where his his skills are appreciated and he's been and he's able to to get on the ice regularly and build some confidence and, and look at that. It's turned into some good things for him. So, so that's great. Congratulations for David Sklenichka for sure. And I should say he's, he's only 23. He's still a young player. So uh, he has room to grow there and, and perhaps his uh, North American playing days aren't over yet. That is true. You know, speaking of Yogurt, uh, another piece of news out of the KHL that we wanted to talk about was, um, and this was actually a tweet that I saw of Jillian Kemmerer, uh, who is, um, does great reporting uh, on the KHL. Um, Yogurt just put out what their new dimensions for their ice sheet will be for the upcoming KHL season. That's right. Uh, they're reducing the width of their ice sheet from 30 to 28 meters this summer, uh, which will make their ice sheet a little bit more narrow. And as Jillian says in, in retweeting this, she says that this is she acknowledges that this is part of the KHL's league wide effort to bring all rinks in the KHL to either North American or hybrid size by the 2021-22 Season. So in the KHL, two seasons from now, starting in the fall of 2021, there will not be any Olympic ice sheets left in the KHL. And Rick, I think this is a really interesting um, initiative by the KHL. Um, and I and I wonder if at some point someday more of the European leagues won't follow suit with this. Um, well, it'd be interesting. This- yeah, this was actually triggered. Uh, it goes back a year, about a year ago uh, this time. It was May 2019, where the IIHF um, mandated that that any rink um, that was going to um, host a uh, an event and and um, the World Championships, the World Juniors, um, had to adopt the North American standard. What's the difference? Um, the NHL plays on essentially a 200 foot by 85 foot wide rink. Um, the Olympic standard is 15 feet wider, um, typically 197 by 98 in the KHL, but, but the Olympic standard is 200 by 100. Um, and we know that, that those rinks find themselves uh, around North America too. The, the Cole center um, in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Badgers home rink, the uh, Cole, Cole Caulfield's home rink, 
is 200 by 97. It's, it's close to uh, Olympic dimensions. And that's, that's one of the things that we've talked about in, you know, Cole Caulfield finds an awful lot of room uh, on his home rink um, uh, to, to get open. He's going to have to adjust when he moves to a North American um, standard. So with the IIHF uh, mandating this, this size, um, the KHL is moving either to the NHL 200 by 90 or 200 by 85 or the hybrid style rink. And the hybrid is, is just in the middle. It's 92, about 92 feet wide, uh, 200 by 92. Um, so all of those rinks and, and you, when you look at the list, um, some of them are moving in that direction. Um, Avangard, for for example, is is opening a new rink in uh, 2022. Um, so they're they're uh, going to make that change then, and and others with new rinks or or adjustments to existing rinks um, mm-hmm. are going to get to that to that um, North American standard uh, very soon, which is going to um, you know it's probably going to help those players who. Um, uh, we we heard about uh, Yaskin, uh, Okulov, who were interested in making the jump to North American hockey. And as you said, uh, there's um, an adjustment to be made for forwards and also goaltenders. It will make that jump to uh, the NHL or North American hockey much easier. Absolutely. And and any time that you can make that uh, transition easier, that's not only going to help the player with his confidence, it's going to help the team who he's joining uh, by having a, a much smaller window for that transition period to get acclimated to, to new ice. So um, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a bold initiative uh, and it's, it's great to see um, Yogurt uh, announcing their steps uh, for it this summer. Um, everything's kind of tying together here. So speaking of Jillian Kammerer and speaking of Avangard, um she has uh, that came out today. She does she does a, a regular piece for the KHL called the Face Off, where she sits down and does a lengthy, uh, in depth one on one interview with with uh, someone a uh, big name in the in the KHL. And and this week, the one that came out today, you can find it on the KHL website, uh, is with Bob Hartley, uh, with uh, Avangard, and. It's pretty lengthy. I would, you know, Bob Hartley is, can be fascinating to listen to. Uh, some of the things that he gets into in this interview with, with Jillian are, are, it's a really interesting look inside uh, his coaching style and, and how things have kind of shifted for him now that he's coaching in the KHL. Uh, but Rick, there were two things in particular, and maybe there's maybe there's other things that you saw in it that you wanted to point out as well. But the two things that really jumped out at me, the first one is um, technology related, uh, where um, in the KHL, and I'm just looking for it here, in the KHL, uh, a league-wide change that they did this past season was they have already introduced the smart pucks uh, into the KHL. Um, and Jillian asked him, you know, okay, so did 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 you find this helpful, the smart puck tracking technology? And I found it interesting that he he said they actually, as coaches, 
in between periods during intermissions, they were going in and they were mostly using that, uh, those analytics to look at ice time. Um, he said, not just for us, but for our opponents to see which players were being used the most, stuff like that. Um, he thought it was pretty valuable. I found it funny that he even said that some teams put the smart puck statistics up on their jumbotrons during intermission for the fans to see those metrics as well. I mean, can you imagine Gary Bettman just letting everybody see that information all at once? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Well, you know, you know how hard it is to get um, stats that are tracked in the AHL. Well, yeah. Um, and that and that that has nothing to do with the the leadership of of the AHL. That has everything to do with general managers in the NHL not wanting mm-hmm. information uh, about their prospects shared. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I found that interesting. And and um, again, we get back to this whole issue of of possession. And and people talk about possession statistics as if they're uh, you know uh, ironclad and meaningful, um, but those are just inferred. The the type of possession statistics we use now, just inferred possession by the the number of shots, uh, or or shot attempts, I should say. Um, this kind of of possession information, where where um, you have sensors in the uh, trackers in the puck, you have trackers in the jerseys, uh, is a, is is a whole lot more accurate and, and meaningful. So it's not a surprise to me that. Uh, they're making use of it both for their own players and to uh, take a look at the opposition between uh, between periods. And uh, we know that Gary Bettman had said that in the playoffs, the NHL playoffs for this year, if those ever happens, if those ever happen, we were supposed to start seeing some smart technology being implemented in the NHL playoffs this season. Uh, the KHL is already kind of ahead of the curve on that a little bit. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, how they continue to progress with it as the NHL starts to incorporate these things as well. The big glaring thing that really jumped off the page to me, if you're thinking, okay, uh, Bob Hartley, Avangard, why do I feel like we've talked about this in recent, in the recent year or so? It's because that is where, both Sven Andragetto and Nikita Sherback ended up landing in the KHL. Um, and we know that there was plenty of controversy that swirled around Nikita Sherback uh, during, during his, his last season with Montreal and then into LA. Uh, and then when he made the jump over to Russia, um, the same thing for Sven Andragetto had a, had a, ended up doing very well with Colorado, uh, with the Avalanche after he left the Canadians. Uh, but then this past year made the jump over to, to Russia as well. And Jillian Kemmerer flat out asked, there were similarly high expectations for Sven Andragetto and Nikita Sherback at the season's out, outset. And, you know, Bob Hartley doesn't really mince words. And so his response, Rick, I found fascinating in that, he alludes to some things that, that we had gathered, particularly for Nikita, um, saying that he thought he had a tough start because he was not in as good of shape as they would have liked. Now, he says, what are the reasons for that? I don't know. Um, we know that Sherbeck's confidence was 
utterly destroyed when he left Montreal and went to L.A. Um, It didn't get much better for him in L.A. I think it was a testament to how much his spirit had been crushed. And he struggled then again when he went over to Russia. And I think I think part of that um, really lends itself to him probably not pushing himself as hard during during offseason training. Uh, still trying to find that passion for the game again. Uh, but interesting to hear Hartley come right out and, and say that. Yeah, without without rehashing, I mean, uh, we've talked about it uh, a fair bit. Um, right. Uh, Nikita Sherbach, uh, what what was done to him was was um, just as bad as I've seen it. And, and yes, his spirit for playing the game of hockey was um, was crushed. Um you know, even to the point of of uh, when he was picked up by the L.A. Kings, uh, the Canadians went out of their way to poison that well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he, he was uh, his his effort level is was not where it, it should have been. His conditioning was not where it should have been when he got uh, to the KHL. So, um you know, and and he had to produce uh, right away as an import. Sven Andrighetto was expected to produce right away, and there was no time for adjustment. There was no time mm-hmm. um, for conditioning. There was no time uh, for any of that. They needed to perform, and they didn't this past season. That's not to say that they never will. Um, now, I think it's incumbent upon, um, particularly Sherback, to. Um, to, to put what happened in North America behind him and, and yeah. uh, find again, his passion for the game of hockey. Um, but I, 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 I'm not surprised to see Bob Hartley's comments. Um, and they, they, they fit exactly with, um, with the, the, the story that, that we have been uh, telling over the past, Oh, long time about, um, about Sherbeck and other prospects for that matter. Absolutely. So I, I agree. I, you know, I think the entire interview with Hartley is, is very insightful. Um, and hopefully Sherbeck and Andrew Ghetto can, can really get their feet back under them again and, and make a push for things uh, next season, wherever they end up playing. I know you've been waiting for this all day. I know mm-hmm. our listeners have been waiting all week to find out what, our next top five was going to be. And it's here. Wow. This Thursday, believe it or not, this Thursday, the NFL is conducting their draft. (laughs) Kind of hard to believe. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. This is going to be the first really big event around professional sports um, in this COVID-19 era. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this works. Um, so we've got that in the news. We also have the news breaking as we're on the air right now that, uh, Gronkowski has told the Patriots that he is, that he wants to play football again. He's ready to do so, but that he only wants to play if he can play with Tom Brady. So they need to trade him to Tampa Bay (laughs) because New England still holds his rights. Uh-huh. And in fact, according to Adam Schefter, he has had his physical with Tampa already and has passed it. And so 
They're just waiting for the trade to be completed. And it looks like Brady Gronkowski is going to be a thing in Tampa Bay. Hmm. (laughs) My goodness. Okay. So in that spirit, we have today our top five NFL jerseys, uniforms, whatever, whatever you want to go with. We're not going to go into great detail. We're just going to, we're going to give you Rick's top five, my top five for who's got the best looking uniforms in the league. We've got some new ones that have, that have come out for this year, of course, uh, it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders this year, so they're going to have a new look. Uh, the LA Chargers are going to have a slightly New York new look. Um, the Falcons are trying to emulate Adam Sandler apparently with their new look. But but Rick, we want to know apparently my favorite top five NFL uniforms this uh, going right now, as well as yours. And those of you listening, we want to hear yours as well. In the spirit of some big NFL things happening this week. Tweet us at the AHL report. Let us know what your top five or even favorite NFL jersey or uniform looks like. Oh, and I should say it's just happened just now. Rob Gronkowski to Tampa. Rob Gronkowski and a seventh rounder in exchange for a fourth rounder, according to sources. It's going to happen. Get the band back together. Uh, apparently so. So yeah, I will and, let you. And begin. what what I what I would have preferred is to do a um, uh, uh, the top five jerseys in the CFL, but um, that would have just comprised the entire CFL. <laughs> no, see, that's why I couldn't do it. That's why I couldn't do it. <laughs> And and the 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 best jersey in the, it's interesting because because the um, I'm going to say San Diego Chargers um, the, the L A Chargers the San Diego Chargers released their new um, newly minted jerseys today and, and they're not bad but all they are is a ripoff of the best jersey in the CFL which is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of course how um, did I and, know yeah no they just the complete, yeah, the powder blue, lightning on the pants, the whole deal. Um, but mm-hmm. seven out of the 32 NFL teams have have uh, revamped their jerseys for this year. Um, Tampa Bay, um, the nice thing about that is you don't have that those those digital clock numbers anymore. You Thank know, God. That, that was yes. Yeah. Um. The the Cleveland Browns, um, they're staying brown, and Great. and no logo on the helmet. Yeah, no, it's, it's the <laughs> worst uniform. It's the worst uniform. Sorry, second worst. The Dallas Cowboys is the worst uniform in in football. But the Patriots, they're getting rid of. Uh, they're going to a, a stripe on the shoulder. They're getting rid of the silver. Um, the, the others are small changes. Uh, the Colts are changing their font. That sort of thing. Right. But um, I put together a top five list. Okay, I did. It, it had to. It had to have some compromise in it, though. All right. Do you remember when we used to do the top five, and I I would have honorable mentions, and yeah, like, we can't. We 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 can't do. We can't have like ten honorable mentions today. That's what we used to do. 
Well, yeah, but we can. When it was fun. You can have one. You can have one. When it was what? <laughs> Nothing. When it was fun? Is that what you just said? There's <laughs> too many rules. If anyone's looking for a co-hosting opportunity, <laughs> um, might have one opening up for you. <laughs> Um, okay, you can so have go one. Ahead. Go ahead. You can start. You can, no, you can. Uh, give, give me your honorable mention. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm ready to go. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. I, well, my number five is going to be my one cringeworthy thing for me as an Eagles fan to do, and that is to to put on the list someone in our division which obviously will not be the Redskins and it will not be the Cowboys. And so that only leaves the Giants. Um, not that I love the look of the Giants uniforms, but it's kind of one of those, you know, in hockey you have like the iconic original six sweaters. And for me growing up as an Eagles fan, the Giants are just, the Giants uniform just is very, A, still looks like it's stuck in the 90s. So it reminds me of watching football with my dad growing up um, and and things of that nature. Um, so, yeah. I have the Giants on there as – I'll they're at number five, but I'll call them an honorable mention because I can't actually admit that I chose a division rival. Well – what I would have liked to have done at number five, um, I, I would have, if, 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 if I wasn't such a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever said you weren't nice. Um, I would have put the Dallas Cowboys in there, the, the, the very simple, the Lone Star, the White Navy, the whole business. I, I think it's, I would have put it in there. But out of, out of respect and deference to you, I decided not to. Similarly, well, that's because the co-hosting position would absolutely have been open at that point. <laughs> and similarly, I would have liked to have put the Pittsburgh Steelers in there, the classic black and yellow. Uh, now, it's unfortunate that they can only afford a logo on one side of their helmet, but um, and and forget about the the throwback, the bumblebee uniforms. Forget about it; they're awful. Um, but again, because they're in the same state as, as your team, I could not put the Pittsburgh Steelers on the list. So I was left with, what I was left with is there's a team that I despise, um, every, every, I don't like their coach. I don't like anything. I don't like players on the team, but their, their uniform is different. It stands out. The navy blue with the little accent of the neon lime green is kind oh, of yeah. uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I, I, I'll give you that. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I do too. Yeah, I can't stand the their, team. Their but... color rush. Forget about their color rush. Their, oh, God. The, the color, color rush, rush is lime green. Awful. No. But, but the regular uh, mock-up is, is, is nice. I like it. I agree. I'll, I'll go with you there. Uh, my number four, um, and I don't know how much they're changing it for this year um, yet, but number four, in a in a place where they could they could really have super obnoxious uniforms, as notated by how obnoxious their fans dress. I actually like the New Orleans Saints 
look. I mean, New, the New Orleans Saints, if they wanted to, could have purple, green, and gold Mardi Gras-esque uniforms, and I think we would all barf. Um, so thankfully, they stick to the black and gold, um, and I, I, I kind of like the, uh, the Saints uniforms. So they, they come in at number four for me. And the fleur-de-lis, of course. Well, no. <laughs> I didn't say logo. I, said, <laughs> I didn't say logo. <laughs> um, at number four, I have the Oakland Raiders. And again, I'm calling them the Oakland Ra- Raiders. Mm, I know mm-hmm. they're now the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas but, Raiders. Uh, they are distinctive, the silver and black. There's, they can't ever change that. Um, they can't no. ever... No, it's it's distinctive. It's tied with with the whole mystique of the Raiders, um, silver and black. It's it's I've I've got that at number four. I think there should be an official mashup of Raiders fans and Saints fans. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just picture in your mind Raiders fans at the stadium and Saints fans at the stadium, and if you mashed yeah. those two up, you'd have some pretty outrageous costumes i think i think that would be pretty good raiders uh fans look like they just came from a kiss concert pretty much they're kind of scary a little bit uh so out of i appreciate your deference in wanting to maintain your co-hosting position by not including the steelers or the cowboys so it did mean that i in deference to you uh, so that I didn't lose my position on the team. Um, I did not include the Green Bay Packers or the Chicago Who would? Bears. The Sh- uh, well, and the Chicago Bears I wouldn't even consider. Green Bay I would, not because anybody likes mustard yellow helmets, but just because, again, it's kind of an iconic NFL uniform. But I did not put them on. Set at number three, I put the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Because I wasn't expecting that. Because A, I like their uniforms. And B, uh maybe I'll get brownie points with the boss. So <laughs> maybe I'll get a promotion or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a raise. Hmm. See. But, you know, little brown nosing never hurts. So Vikings, number three. Well, I I might have to give you a raise after I announce my number three. I didn't realize that that this might be a controversial pick. Um, I was just thinking of of the capital of your country, and I was I was doing a, you know, um, oh something that, that you no, would respect. You didn't. Uh, and I I actually do like the the whole John Riggins classic burgundy and and gold um, Washington Redskins look classic logo all of that. Um, so I have the Redskins at uh, at number three. With my apologies. Okay. okay. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna go with the assumption that you just uh, you left number three blank. <laughs> Pretty much. And number as far th- as Packers and and Bears, I mean, there's real there's there's a lot of uh, creativity there. You put a G on the the side of your helmet, or you put a C on the side of your helmet. That is brilliant. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. Spoken like a true Viking. <laughs> uh, at number two, at number two, I had to put the Colts at number two. 
And I know that might seem a little weird, but again, iconic uniforms for the NFL. And, you know, you have Manning, you have, I don't know. The Colts are just kind of a, it's a simple, clean football uniform. Um, I like the colors. So I went with the Colts. And I have, like, I have no affinity for the Colts per se. Um, but yeah, I have the Colts in at number two. And they were one of the teams who's, who have made some tweaks to their um, jersey mm-hmm. and logos, changed the font. Also, that horseshoe is uh, rounder, I think, is the way they described it, if that Can makes a difference. Hmm. Uh, at number two, I have um, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, and now that they've okay. gotten away from the, the dumb white on the, the helmets and they're, they're back to the blue and gold, the helmets, oh, I think, good. are... Are are one of the best um, in the league. Those those uh, For sure. gold ram horns. Um, uh, ditch the white. I I yeah. I like uh, I like everything about the the Rams. I do too, and I agree. They have one of the best helmets in the league. Um, behind, however, the best helmets in the league, which is the Philadelphia Eagles, which is my number one pick. And if you thought I was going to say anything different, well, then you just don't know me very well. <laughs> um, and it's not just me being biased. If you look at rankings of, of uniforms, the Eagles are usually in the top 10 because they're partic- that helmet stands out. Um, it's, it's just, it's the look of a city. Um, and Jalen, they've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, rumors have been swirling for a long time. And Jalen Mills actually just put out a tweet this week with a big fat teaser in it that the Kelly green is coming back sooner rather than later. And let me tell you what, they are going to have to bring the riot police out when that happens in Philadelphia because people have been clamoring for the Kelly Green to come back for so long. Grant, the Midnight Green's going to have to stay for a little while because we finally won a championship <coughs> after we <coughs> beat the Vikings <coughs> and we won at Viking Stadium. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> goodness. Had a coronavirus cough or what? <coughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, since we won a championship in the Midnight Green, it's going to have to stick around for a while. But the, uh, if that Kelly Green can can come in as one of the alternates, oh boy, um, I'm very excited. And so Eagles, number one for me. Total homer vote, and I don't care. Well, mine <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with homerism at all. Um, my favorite color since I picked up a crayon was purple. Um, and, uh-huh. uh, it has remained. Um, so for and, and it's, it's not every team can pull off purple. Um, Homer Baltimore Ravens are a good example about that. Uh, Homer. the Vikings just, the Vikings do it. The Minnesota Vikings pull it off. Homer. Um, and, Homer. The Eagles, I mean the the eagle wings on the helmet. They that's that's they tried. They really tried, but it's those Viking horns. That's the classic, uh, you know the the black and blue division. The 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 it's it's Homer. perfect. Now I would say the only thing 
that I don't like that they've gone to is the matte finish on the helmets. I don't particularly like that. Uh, but everything else about the Vikings horns, the Vikings mascot, the Vikings uniforms is uh, just best in the NFL. Homer. Homer. All right. So maybe no one's surprised who we each took as number one, but we want to hear from you either. Who's your, even if you just want to give us your favorite uh, NFL uniform or give us your top five, tweet them to us at the AHL report. We want to know, we want to hear it. Let's get all geared up for the draft. It's coming, you know, maybe, Hey, maybe with all the social distancing that's happening, maybe even though the draft is still going to be three days long, maybe we won't have to sit through um, every other college or university taking like their video break to do the cheerleader firework dance when someone gets drafted. Maybe, maybe we can, maybe, maybe things will go a little quicker this year. We'll have to see. But send us your votes. We want to hear them at the AHL report. Uh, Before we wrap up today's show, uh, as I promised last week, we're going to start bringing you some positive news to wrap up each show uh, to leave you with a a feel-good moment. And so we're kind of calling this segment the feel-good finale. And I am super happy to tell you about this week's feel-good finale because it hits close to home for me. If a couple of weeks ago, you were scrolling through Twitter and you noticed on the NHL's Twitter timeline, they had uh, a cute little tweet that they put out on April 4th that said social distancing at its finest with a little applause emoji. And there's a great video clip of a food truck worker. There's a kid sitting in the, sitting in the car, passenger window rolled down and a, and a food truck worker with a proper mask on is holding a hockey stick and on the blade he's holding it horizontally and on the blade of the hockey stick he's got hooked a bag of takeout and he then turns the hockey stick at the appropriate distance away from the car and he delivers the bag of takeout right into the window of the passenger side of the car for this young man on the blade of a hockey stick it's fantastic if you didn't see it it's i love it if you didn't see it, April 4th on the NHL's Twitter timeline says social distancing at its finest. It's tremendous. I loved it. And then I realized, holy crap, that's my favorite food truck in the Lehigh Valley. Yes, that's right, folks. If you're from the Lehigh Valley, you know about the Flying V. Uh, and if you're not from the Lehigh Valley, I'm so sorry for you because the Flying V is a food truck um, that makes from scratch, poutine. Mm. That's right. The flying V, as in Canadian geese, um, both uh, of, it's a husband and wife team that run it. They actually went to my alma mater, Kutztown University, but the wife, Christy, was born and raised in Brampton. Um, and so uh, her husband is a, is a Pennsylvania Dutchie like me, but they met got together uh and so christy introduced her husband matt to the glories of putin uh and they now live here in the lehigh valley area and they have a food truck and they make everything from scratch all local ingredients their gravies homemade they use um 
good squeaky cheese curds from Wisconsin. Their fries are hand cut daily. They're fried in peanut oil so that they're extra crispy. You can even get pea meal bacon on them, which everyone in the United States is like, what in God's name is that? But Canadians know all about pea meal bacon. So yeah, local. In, in fact, when he hands off this uh, takeout thing through the window, the kid's wearing a Phantoms jersey and he says, hey, go Phantoms. So really a fun way of social distancing to happen. Glad the NHL took note of it. And it's a local business, a husband and wife team that I, for one, uh, love to patronize because their poutine is delicious. And, and this is, this is not a sponsorship deal, but you must actually really love it. Um, I do. Be, because, yeah. Maybe I'll try to get the, maybe, maybe I'll reach out and see if they want to, if they want to uh, come tell their story a little bit on the show, because that's um, a great idea. They make delicious, delicious food and uh, always happy to help a local business. And I'm really super glad that the NHL picked up on it as well. Um, so that is our feel good finale for this week. Fabulous. Uh, so Rick, um, so great show today. Lots, so much, lots of different information today. We're really glad all of you were here to listen to it. Um, and if you liked this, perhaps this is the first time you've listened uh, to From the Press Box and you've got some time in your hands, you wanted to listen to some back episodes, or you perhaps want to check out uh, the latest episode of Canadians Connection, which is the live Montreal Canadians podcast that you, Rick, uh, and Joseph Whalen co-host on Saturday afternoons. Where can people go to find all of our podcast content? Visit our websites. Um, for this uh, show, it's ahlreport.com. Um, for our Canadians news, it's allhabs.net. Visit the website. You'll find, in addition to all of the back issues of, of the podcast, you'll, ha- you'll find uh, great um, articles and information, lots there for you to uh, um, occupy your time with. Um, if you want to subscribe to our podcasts, um, just whatever podcast app that, that you currently use, whether uh, it's iTunes uh, or, or Apple Podcasts, um, um, uh, Google Play, uh, Overcast, Stitcher, CastBox, any of them. Uh, just search for Rocket Sports Radio, Rocket Sports Radio, and you can get both this podcast from the Press Box as well as the Canadians Connection. Actually, too, speaking of the Canadians Connection, um, my co-host is is Joseph Whalen, and, and he got together with one of our regular listeners, uh, Mike Rashel, and and they put together a bracket challenge. Um, it's the Canadians connection bracket challenge, and it's counting down all of your favorite players from the 2000 era. Uh, they've chosen um, 16 players. They face off two at a time. Um, and so that's currently being played out on Twitter. So look for uh, at Habs connection or uh, at all Habs um, on, uh, on Twitter, and you can register your vote uh, there. Excellent. I know I registered my vote for the first and second round already, and um, we'll have to see how that turns out. Also, be sure, uh, we've mentioned, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can also find Rick on Twitter at AllHabs, and you can find me on Twitter at FlyersRule. And you can find us here again next Tuesday for another great episode of From the Press. 
from the press box. We're so glad you joined us today. Uh, enjoy the NFL draft this week. Be sure to tweet us your top five NFL uniforms. And uh, Rick, thanks so much for being here. It was another great episode. Glad to be here. Absolutely. We'll see you back here again next week. Stay safe, everyone. Wash your hands and practice good social distancing. We'll see you back here next Tuesday. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.